Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I'm just so encouraged today because I know God's starting something and there's, there's something getting ready to happen. You know, I, I was mentioning this this morning. I feel like we're like in a cocoon where there's something in front of us that God's going to bring the church world into. But it's as if we've been in a cocoon transforming, right? Transforming, getting ready for the season that's coming, getting ready for something new. And it's probably not fun in that cocoon. I mean, I don't know what caterpillars are thinking, right? I just I just had a, a grandchild born into the world of, of few weeks ago and my son the grandson's father was saying you know sometimes the son will be um uh his name's reed will be um just sitting there and all of just start laughing and he's thinking what's he thinking he's a child he's a baby what's going on in his mind that makes him happy right anyway i was just saying that i'm, I'm thinking how in the cocoon situation you know, maybe you don't think there's a lot to, to be happy about or whatever, or you don't, you know, what are you, what are you going through? But then the day comes when you're out of the cocoon and you're out in the world. And I believe God's going to, that's what God does with his church many times. We're in like a cocoon situation and God brings us out of that and he brings us into a new life kind of situation. Amen. We see that when you get born again, you got that kind of thing where it's like you, the old was there. Now everything becomes new. But that kind of thing happens in a different level all throughout our lives. Have y'all not noticed that? Where all of a sudden you realize new things are here. God's brought me out of the old. He's brought me out of that situation. He's changed my life and he's brought me into something new. Anyway, that's what I believe God's getting ready to do. And I believe it's going to be tremendous. So I want to encourage you. Don't get upset and discouraged about what's going on in the world. It's bad. You know, I was, I've was i been talking about how bad things are in this world, right? And, and you know, it's crazy. But um, the, the emphasis isn't to be upset. It's to recognize there's a lot of junk and we need the power of God. And we're going to have the power of God. Amen. God's going to do some great things and it's time to connect with God. And there's a lot of people right now God's already working on your heart, bringing you to Him, changing your life. That's because there are people praying. There are the 700 that are in the wilderness praying. There are those that God's put His hand on and they've been praying. And not only that, but God's even answering prayers that have been prayed from 10 years ago, 20 years ago. People that have been asking God for a move of the Spirit. He heard them, but the time of the answer wasn't, wasn't yet. You see, sometimes God hears a prayer and we think God's going to answer it right then. Sometimes those prayers are not answered for many years. Yes, God had you pray for them. Yes, God had you burdened to, to pray for certain things to happen. I've had seasons where I would go, even some things I was praying intensely for years and then the burden would, would not be there. And I look back and go, God, why didn't that ever happen? And then I realized it's all to do with timing. Sometimes God answers a prayer, but that prayer isn't going to manifest. The answer's not going to manifest until God arranges things in their time, in their place. Amen? So things that the body of Christ has been praying for 
And it's been culminating over even, I would say, since Christ was crucified, right? There have been these prayers that have been prayed and we are ever increasingly seeing moves of God that are greater and greater in the earth. And if you look at the last 100 and say 20 years, the moves of God have been increasing with intensity again. You know, used to, you had the crucifixion, boom, move of God. Then, then like hundreds of years, boom, then a move of God. Then, you know, there was a big move of God like 600 years ago, right? But then around 1900, there was like a great moves of God began to touch the earth again. A lot of people began to be saved. The Holy Spirit began to fall on people afresh. It wasn't just in America, but then you had this, the, the Holy Spirit baptism where the Spirit of God began to fall. People began to speak in tongues again. People began to see the gifts of the Spirit move again. People began to come all over the world, from all over the world to watch it happen. And you have this William Seymour who was in California, who was an African-American man. His parents were slaves. And he, I mean, this guy, it's amazing what God used him for. And here he is, an African-American man in 1900s, the early 1900s, like 1906. And God's using this man in an amazing way. And the power of God begins to fall. And people begin to be healed. People begin to get up out of their wheelchairs, so to speak. The blind began to see. And people came from all over the world to see it happen. And it impacted the whole world. That one move of God impacted the whole world. Amen? And we loved it. And why did that move of God happen? It was because somebody was praying and praying and believing and believing and believing, asking God. And William Seymour and one man with him had heard there was a move of God. And they, like, they said, I want that for me too. I don't just want to hear about the move of God. I want to experience the move of God. I don't want to hear somebody else is praying in tongues. I want to pray in tongues. I don't want to just see that. That's what he was doing. And he prayed and he prayed and he sought God. And one day the power of God came and touched his life, touched his friend's life. It was amazing. And everything changed from that man that was praying and seeking God where the Spirit of God poured out. Amen. And I want to encourage you in this, where the Spirit of God is, where the Spirit of God is in power, there is liberty in a nation, in a nation where the Spirit of God is. The power of liberty begins to increase and the bondage and the oppression that comes in a nation where that is absent begins to be broken Lies begin to be broken off of people's minds because the Bible says Satan blinds minds. Satan is the prince of darkness. Satan is the God of this world. But when the power of God and the Holy Spirit comes into the earth, it is an invasion of that darkness. Amen. Are y'all see what I'm saying? And that's what God said. Pray. God your kingdom come into this earth, into this darkness, into this world, and let your will be done. And what is His will? Righteousness, truth, liberty, healing, deliverance, freedom. Amen? 
And I just want to speak that out because God is breaking every bondage and stronghold of the devil today because he is releasing his power. You're going to see people, the light's going to come on because that spirit of darkness is going to get broken off of their minds. God's going to do some amazing things to make it happen. Some people have been arguing with God. God's already been moving on them. And they argue all the more. They argue all the more. They're the worst adversaries of God, but God's been dealing with them. That's why they're working so hard against them, because He's irritating them. Y'all know what I'm saying? That's what happened with Paul. Paul saw all this stuff happening. He saw what was going on. He heard about the miracles. Nope. He was in his doctrines. He was in his religion. He was in his traditions. Right? And he was actually persecuting in the name of God the real believers. Right? One day God showed up and is like, Paul, you better listen today. And he goes, do you remember this story? A light came, boom, knocked him off his horse. Oh, oh, my, 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 what is this? Man, I tell you what, I'd love to have an encounter with God. I'd love that. But Paul, or Saul at that time, had an encounter with God when he wasn't right with God. Man, that'll make the fear of God come on you. So he's down on the ground. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, Lord, what, what do you want? And he, God says this, why are you kicking against the goads? You know what he said? I've been working on you. I've been trying to turn you around. I've been showing you things, working in your heart, but you keep being stubborn and prideful and doing things your own way. You better turn around right now. And then God made him blind for a season. Jesus normally doesn't make people blind. He gives them sight. Amen? But he made this man blind for a few days. And I think, you know, that's an interesting thing later. Paul began to realize God can do stuff like that. He made me blind so that I could see. You see what I mean? God will humble you sometimes for a little bit in, other, in, a, in a way to cause you to be able to see. Now, I just want to interject here. I'm not talking, you know, some people, every little negative thing they go through, oh, God's doing this to me. No. Look how bad Saul was rejecting God before he did something. You know what I mean? I'm talking, he was really, really coming against God. Every single one of us have issues with following the Lord. Every single one of us have little weaknesses and things where we're going, God, help me do better. God, am I messing up here? You know what I'm saying? God's not causing you to be sick because of something like that. But anyway, here's Saul. God came, boom. Saul, you better turn around. It's me. I'm, in, I'm the one you're persecuting. I'm the one you're coming against. Man, and I just want to say this too. There are many people in this nation. They think they're strong. They're in, set in their ways. They might even be church people doing church business. But they are doing things against God, rejecting God, and thinking they know better. And I just want to say when God shows up, when God shows up in a nation, in a person's life, man, you better pay attention. Man, it's just amazing what God will do. When God shows up, when God pours out His Spirit, 
and begins to speak. You know, we looked at this last week. Part of him pouring out his spirit. You remember the Bible says he will pour out his spirit on you and what? Spirit and fire. He doesn't, he says he'll pour out the spirit and fire on you, right? Amen. What's that fire? What's that fire? God's going to pour out the spirit of, of God in the earth. Now, He's going to pour it out in us. I know that. There's going to be a church before Christ comes back. It's going to be a church that's on fire. There's going to be a tongue of fire on the church, so to speak, because we're going to be in the middle of that spiritual fire. When you go into that place, everything that's not of God is going to get burned up. You're going to have a passion for God, or either you're going to have to run away from it. But I believe in this hour when the Holy Spirit falls, it's going to burn up everything that is not of God. And just like we saw last week, it's going to cause the peoples of this world to go, oh no, the ones that have been rejecting Him, the ones that have been fleshy, the ones that have been prideful, the ones that have said, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to serve God my way. God's going to show up. And I tell you what, there are going to be people like Paul where he's just going to get right into their face and say, right now is the time. I've been working with you. It's time for you to turn around. Amen. Could you imagine if Paul had decided if he'd stuck his hand up in God and said, no, I'm going to keep going my way. I just can't imagine what would have happened that day. You see what I'm saying? But I just want to say God's getting ready to do something pretty amazing in this earth. And I'm looking forward to it. We were talking today. Somebody said something about dancing. Uh, I think uh, Elvita had a dream about um, some breakthrough in this nation. And I think she dreamed this like a couple years ago. In the middle of darkness, in the middle of all this darkness, in the middle of bad things happening, God was going to bring a breakthrough. And people, people were dancing in the streets. They were blowing the shofar. They were walking in victory. And honestly, I, could, I can so easily see that happen. We're getting ready to have a move of God that's pretty amazing. Today I was going to be talking about sort of flowing with what I was starting last week. And then, and then I thought, well, I, there are a few things on my God sort of brought to my attention this past week. And so I, I thought I'd just mention that before I preached the other thing. And then, and then by the time I finished writing it, I just thought, well, I'll just talk about that. Right? So... I just want to mention just a few thoughts that I've had this week that I believe are for the church for this hour, and I believe it's for our lives as well, um, and, and it's for our particular church as well. Now, I want to explain something to you. You see, so many people, and this is worse today than it has been in a long time, but people think church is just supposed to be a place where you come and listen, and I don't know how we're going to go past this because I do know God's using Zoom in this hour, but we've already been been thinking, how are we going to go beyond just what's happening? Because there needs to be a family environment and there needs to be a sense of loyalty to one another and connection to one another. You know, God builds that way. People don't realize that. People, in fact, particularly in Texas, this is the most one of the most independent states in the nation, right? We're all independent. And, uh, but, and there's a good thing about that, but there, there's a part where in the kingdom, we're supposed to be interconnected and committed to one another, loyal to one another. If you look in the Bible, you see the greatest army that ever built, it was full of crazy people. They were crazy, so to speak. They had all, all had troubles when they got together. But what did God do? He brought them together 
And you see one of the things that he did before, this was David's army. They, they, they met in the wilderness, but God connected them to one another. And one of the greatest things that they had been through in their trials, one of the things that God did was make them loyal to one another. And I know that's what God's going to be doing in this hour is connecting spiritual family where we love one another. You don't just go to get fed. You go to be a part of the group, right? Amen. So I don't know how you guys are going to, when I look like this, guys, I'm looking, I'm looking at the names on the monitor. If y'all were wondering uh, on the camera what I'm doing here. So I'm, so I'm seeing it from Alex, Bree, and Charles, et cetera, et cetera, and Dana. Anyway, you know, so, so when we look, you know, at, at this, you just go, I don't know how God's going to do that. Maybe you guys out and start chatting or whatever. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll start to have chat room, all these different rooms at the same time where you can see each other. I don't know how we're going to do it, but God's going to give us wisdom for that. And I think, and I believe God's already doing that. But anyway, what I was getting to is this. When God does something in a church, you're connected to it. And it's so crazy how often God will be doing in your personal life what God's doing in the family you're connected with. It just happens that way. So as I'm sharing what I'm sharing today and mentioning some things, I just want you to think about it and apply it to your own life and look at your own life and how God will use what's going on to sort of also encourage you to what's going on in your life. Amen? Amen. Okay, first thing, God brought me again. I read, I, I, I preached a message from Psalm 127, I think probably five or six months ago. Um, and I just, I would just in that scripture again, I'm like, God, what is it in there? You know, and it says this there, um, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. I mean, there are so many, so many nuggets in there. Um, I just, I'll just mention a few little things. Um, uh, first of all, God has been preparing us to build what he wants to build, okay? What has been and what we've been through, what you've been through is preparation for something that's in front of us in the near season that God wants to build because ultimately we see here God wants to build, our goal is just to have him build through us. So what we do, it might look on the outside like we're doing something, but God has something he wants to do in us. He has something he wants to do with this church. I can't just say, hmm, let's go be like that church down there. Man, they're really doing great. They have all this and that going on. I can't do that because that's not what God's building through me. Amen? Some of you might look around and go, man, look at my this person I grew up with. They're so successful. Look at that. I need to be doing that. I need to be doing that. But deep down, you know, I can't do that. That's not what I'm supposed to be building. That's what I'm, not what I'm supposed to be doing. You've got to be real to yourself and to God on the inside and you can't try to do something just to be successful. 
You've got to build what God's building. You've got to be where God is. And you've got to remember, most of the time in building, it's putting a foundation right down. Amen? It's stuff you don't see. It's stuff that's not fun. It's stuff that's not visible at all. But then when God builds, just like a building, when the building goes up, boom, it just seems to go up so fast. And it's true in God. The deep work of God, the foundation, takes the longest. It needs to be the most precise. It's the most important part of the building. If the foundation's not done right, everything's going to fall. And you just need to remember what God has been doing down from visibility, down from external fruit, where the fruit grows with the, when the not out of roots, but out of branches, right? But God's been giving us deep roots. He's been building a foundation in this church and also in your lives. I'll guarantee you this. If you've been walking with God, you've been doing your best to stay on path with God, God has been building a foundation in your life. And yes, even in the will of God, there'll be disappointments, there'll be pain, there'll be some suffering, there might be some injustice that's happened to you, but you know what? I'll just tell you this. If you don't give up, you will reap a blessing in due season. Amen? If you don't give up, God will turn everything the devil has meant against you to crush you when you were in that wilderness season. God will use all of that to backfire against him. He will pronounce judgment against what he has done against you and blessing to you for what you've gone through. God will do that. Amen? Because He is the judge. He puts one up and He brings one down. Does He not? Now we look at that in the natural world and that happens. And that's going to happen. Some that look like they've exalted themselves, oh, and they have this and that, they're going to come down. And other ones that are like nothing, nobodies, God's going to raise them up. And it's going to be glorious. And we're all going to rejoice in it. How many of you love to see a story when somebody's a nobody and they're humble and they never thought too much about themselves and then you see God bless them? Don't you just go, oh God, what a story. Oh God, you're so great. How many of you want to see prideful people? You, you know what I'm saying? You want to see them exalted. You know what I'm, You understand what I'm saying? God exalts the humble. But sometimes He's got to humble people, take them through the wilderness before He can exalt them. And do you see what I'm saying? Isn't that what happened to Joseph? Joseph, I know you got a good heart. I'm talking about Joseph, um, Jacob's son. I mean, Isaac's son. Right? Isaac. And ja I'm sorry, Jacob's son. So, What happens? God sees his heart. And by the way, you know, God doesn't pick randomly. He sees hearts. He sees hearts. He chooses according to hearts. Do you know that? You might not be perfected. You might have a bunch of junk in you, but he sees your heart. 
Amen. I like, I, I was reading this the other day in Acts where um, Judas, his heart wasn't right, was it? And, and God knew that. There was a purpose in that. But then after, after it all happened, they had to choose another guy. There were two guys. Man, they both looked amazing. And then when they prayed, they didn't just say, God, who out of your just what, whatever. They said, Lord, you know the hearts. You know the hearts of these two men. Which one do you want? Do y'all see what I'm saying? God knows your heart. Everything might look a certain way on the outside, but God knows something more. You remember God with David? God's looking for somebody. He wants a king. He looks throughout the earth. Guess what he does? He finds a, a young boy that father didn't even see the, good, the goodness in him. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes nobody will understand your heart. Nobody will see exactly who you are. You've been put doing the most menial things. When, when, when uh, David's father's name was Jesse, when he was called to this blessing service, maybe he knew something was going to happen. He brought all of his sons because we don't know which one's going to be there except David. Why? Oh, God would never use him. You see what I'm saying? God sees the heart and God will raise you up if your heart is right before God and you want to please him. I am telling you at the right time, God will bless you. Get your attitude right. Get your mind right. I will say this too. God can't bless a negative-minded person. Your words and your attitudes will hinder God because you're speaking fear. You're speaking doubt. These are enemies of God, and you're siding unwittingly with the enemy when you begin to speak negatively, doubting, fearful. It might even just sound like rational things, but you can't go there. You might say something rationally, and that's okay, but you don't have to have a spirit of fear and it doesn't need to be motivated out of fear and anxiety and worry. Amen? Are y'all with me? And you see, God's been taking you through what you've had to go through because He's preparing you for what He wants to do. Maybe you're going, oh, what's my purpose in life? You know what? It's bigger than you. Amen? How many of you have wondered, what am I supposed to be doing in life? What am I called to do? Who am I? Maybe you're looking to yourself and you're just thinking, oh, I need to be a this or a that. You know, uh, I want to be a great football player or I want to be a teacher or whatever it might be. Let me just say, God's got a plan bigger than just that. You, you see, you might have dreams, but it fits into a bigger plan of God. You don't want to die just going, I became a whatever it might be. Right? Football player or whatever. Hey, that might be glorious here, but after you die, there's no glory in that. Amen? You got to connect with the bigger plan. Everybody, you ought to want to fulfill God's plan for your life. If all you want to do is down here, get the applause of men or to have a lot of money. I mean, if that's all you're living for, man, you're wasting your life. There's a bigger purpose for you. And I'm speaking to those of you that today who've connected with that and said, yes, God, I'm walking through this. Yes, I'm doing my best. I want to be blessed, but God, that's not, that's not my big thing. 
I want to fulfill my course. I want to run the race. Yes. And you see, just like what happened with Joseph, right? God called this man. He was immature. He had issues in his life. God called him. He spoke to him the the dreams. He put that inside of his heart to do, but he didn't understand it. Oh, I'm going to be a leader. By the time God took him through what he went through, broke him, humbled him, and then he exalted him. By that time, Joseph didn't even care about it that way anymore. He just wanted to fulfill God's will. Amen. Sometimes when one man said this, God, you, God, it's as if God speaks to our egos sometimes. But then, but then he takes us through a process and then he breaks our egos. That's what happened with Joseph. Isn't it true? Amen. Anyway, God's getting ready to build something and he's been preparing you. What you've been through so far is preparation. And it's been so multidimensional. God's been working on you in so, so many dimensions. Now, um, it is important that we build what God wants to build. You see, how are you going to do that? How are you going to know that you're doing what God wants you to do? That you're connected to the right things? You see, it's, it's sort of simple, but it does require diligence and discipline. And um, that thing that you need to do is called abiding. To do what God wants you to do, to be where God wants you to be, to be fruitful for the kingdom, to be connected with Him where He's building through you. Remember the verse we started out with? The one who builds, it doesn't matter if God's not the one really building. So what he's saying is, you're doing it, but something's doing it through you, right? It's all from abiding. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will be fruitful. What's fruitfulness under God? Is it you doing your fleshly success? Is that what God's talking about? No. He's talking about being fruitful under God, producing fruit under God, doing what you're supposed to be doing, building what you're supposed to be building, connected where you're supposed to be connected, flowing with how you're supposed to be flowing. You're going to become fruitful because you're staying connected with Him. Amen? And what's happening when you're staying connected with Him? He is speaking to you. He is communicating with you. Amen? I mean, there's so many dimensions to that. First of all, He's feeding you Himself. If you don't eat of Me, you have no part of Me. Man, you you need to be eating Christ. You need to be feeding on Him. You get into that Word. I am telling you, I'd rather read half a verse than to read a whole book in the Bible and get nothing out of it. I'd rather have God talk to me in one verse and me just sit there and think about it. And sometimes I do that. I might be thinking about one verse, honestly, for an hour. You you know what I mean? Because I feel like, hmm, there's something in this. There's something in this. I'm getting something out of this. God. Sometimes I'll go, man, God wants to tell me something more in, in this verse. And I might just sit there and think about it. I might come back to it for days. <laughs> right? But my point is, God wants to feed you Himself. You should not go to the Bible just to get facts. 
Knowledge puffs up. So many people use the Bible and all it does is puff them up. You understand what I mean? The Pharisees were like that. But what happens? Love edifies. Amen? When you get in the Word, man, you ought to have an encounter with Christ. If you don't have an encounter with Jesus sometime in your Word time, you're missing the point of the Bible. It's not about just facts. Amen? Pharisees knew a lot of facts. He goes, man, you know a lot of facts. You know a lot of these verses, but you don't know the heart of the verse. You didn't find me in those verses. Amen? Anyway, so, when, we, when we're abiding, what's going on? He's feeding us himself. Right? He's also redirecting. How many of you, when, you're, when you get before the Lord, he's, you get these subtle thoughts of, maybe this is not what I ought to be doing. Right? It's really, if you start notating things that began in prayer that end up happening in real life, you'll be amazed. If you start writing down the, thing, the things you prayed for fervently, like you really needed a breakthrough, and you asked with all your heart, and you put it before God, you write that down, you watch what happens. Sometimes the breakthrough happens so naturally, we don't even realize it, that it was God. But if you write it down, how you're feeling, the stress you're experiencing, the difficulty, the problem, and then, I, and then put, but I put it before the Lord. I'm going to see what God does now. And you just keep doing that and you watch. You're going to have to go, oh, wow. That got answered. I do that many times. I'll go, wow, this is good. Oh, I just prayed about that. I gave it to God. That's why things are different. Amen. He gives us peace and the right thing. Man, when you're communing with God, you won't have peace not doing the right thing. Now, you can spend time with God and the whole time you're fleshly in your mind. That doesn't count. You need to really count. You need to connect with God. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? You need to be so sincere. It needs to be, God, I want to do your will. Oh, Lord, I want to know you. Lord, help me to walk with you. We can get into a mode of, okay, I'm going to pray through that. And I'm going to do, okay, there's okayness to that to some degree. But the basis of your Christian walk's got to be, God, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to please you, Lord. Oh, God, from that, everything else will flow. Amen? So, anyway, um, uh, it roots out so much stuff in your life. It roots out junk. Abiding in God roots out junk. What does he say? If you abide in me, you're going to produce fruit, and also I'm going to prune you. That comes out of abiding. Do you know that? Painful times come because you're abiding and because you're producing fruit because God wants you to produce even more fruit. This shows you something else that we've already been talking about. When you go through times and God's dealing with you and, and rearranging your life and you're going through difficult times and you're having to let go of this, God's pruning you, right? We were talking about that earlier. What's He doing? Preparing you for something greater. This abiding verse is explaining that in another, from another angle. When you abide and you connect, you begin to produce fruit. But then you go through a season where, peep, 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 and you go, oh God, what's that wilderness season for? Oh, it's just normal. I do that with all of my children because I want you to produce even more fruit. Amen? So do you see what I was saying earlier? 
what you've been going through, where God's been dealing with you, is simply preparation for the greater fruit season coming in your life. It's the greater way God wants to use you. It's the greater thing God wants to build through your life. Is that not true? Man, that's powerful. John 15, 7. Well, let me just say this. John 15, 5 says, He who abides in me bears much fruit. You're going to be doing what God wants you to do, where God wants you to be. You're going, you're going to end up there. Amen? Then he says this, because there's a lot of favor on those who abide in God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and it's going to be done. Now, we have isolated that verse in the past. And I'm not saying you can't use the Word of God to get your needs met because I believe you should pray about your needs. There's nothing wrong with getting a good job or getting a good car or whatever, but that shouldn't be your focus. Amen? And when he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and it's going to be done. And let me tell you what I believe he had in mind. He's talking to his disciples. These are men that are going to end up dying for the gospel. You see what I'm saying? And what he's saying is, if you abide in me and my, and then my words abide in you, what happens when God's word abides in you? It rearranges. It destroys things that are not of God. It deals with fleshiness. And it aligns you and connects you with the will of God. And you're wanting to see the kingdom of God come forth. Right? That begins to be your greatest desire. And I will tell you now, to the degree that God's word has been working in your life, is the degree that your life is all about serving the kingdom, building the kingdom, expanding the kingdom, wanting to see God's glory. Amen? So he says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you and it's doing its work in you, ask whatever you want because guess what? Your will is going to be aligned with me. And you watch how fast I make it come to pass. Praise God, man, that's powerful. Are y'all with me? You abide in him. He abides in you. Your life is changing. You're lining up with God. You're at a place. And man, you want to see things happen. You might have needs too. Amen. God will bless you with that. But the point is what you really want, which is going to be bigger than you. You're going to be asking that. Now, I just want to say this. We're so selfish in America. And because we've been taught, we focus on our needs. God understands our needs and he's concerned about our needs. But sometimes we have to go to God and put God over our needs. We have to put the kingdom of God first. And then they say in Matthew 6, seek me first. Seek me first and these other things will come. How many times do we seek other stuff first? We seek a job, the right job first, rather than, rather than honoring God in God's ways. We seek more money first, and then we'll go serve God. We seek more this, more that, more that. God says, hey, seek me first, and then those other things will come. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, look at the outline of it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What? That's up at the front, isn't it? We're praying God's will be done. And then you're praying some other things. And then we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What have you done? You put God first in your prayers. And then you brought your needs before God later. 
I am telling you, when God has his way in your life, you're going to pull away from your needs. So, I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to pray about him anymore, but you're going, you're going to like God first, kingdom first, and then watch God take care of me. Amen? See, that's what happens when the word of God gets in you. When the words, word of God's living in you, it's going to rearrange your life. Amen? It's going to rearrange your thinking. It's going to make you hungry, hungry for God. Okay, so anyway, here we go. We see, see this principle of abiding is producing fruit. On the other hand, striving will suffocate you, bring anxiety in your life, and cause you to be unfruitful. Unfruitful. Amen? Isaiah 30 15 says this, in repentance and rest is your salvation. That salvation is not talking about eternal salvation necessarily or only. It's talking about, we all get in situations where we have problems, right? Any of you in a situation right now where you're like, oh Lord, I need help. And you feel like striving, you feel like working harder. I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard, but I'm just saying there's something else that's going to bring your breakthrough quicker in addition to being faithful to work. And what is that? Repentance and rest. Repentance, turning away from doing things your way and just resting. God, I'm going to put this in your hands. I'm still going to be faithful to work, to do whatever, to, but Lord, now I'm doing it out of rest. Amen? Psalm 46.10, cease striving and know that I'm God. When you're striving, well, I'm going to make this happen. You're not experiencing God in that. You're not abiding. Do you see that? Cease striving and know that I'm God. In other words, experience me in the midst of your trial. Quit being all in strife and anxiety and stressed out about what you're in. Do y'all see that? Amen. Are y'all with me this morning? You're looking at me, but you're mighty quiet. Okay, so, and then Moses, you remember at that time when all the people, ah, you know, they're, they're stuck in the wilderness. They think Pharaoh's going to kill them. They've got the Red Sea. They don't, they don't know where are we going to go. This is the worst situation we've ever been. Uh, Moses says two things that I think are so powerful. He says, first of all, God tells them, and he, he tells the people, be still, calm down. And when they got still, they got that stress out of them. Then he says, now go forward. I think that's so powerful. See, we got to be still. We got to calm down. We got to quit running. We got to get rest. We got to abide. We've got to connect. We've got to trust. We've got to know he's there for us. Oh, he needs to be so very real. That relationship needs to be real. It needs to be so rich. You need to know how much he loves you and how much he's bigger than all that's going on in the world and in your life. You just stay there. You stay there. And then when you get there, then God goes, now go forward. You see what I mean? But then you do need to go forward. And sometimes you're like this and you're resting and God says, go forward. And then you look and you go, oh, but they're giants in the land. <laughs> and then you got to keep trusting and keep speaking faith to yourself and keep going forth. Keep going back to that place of rest, 
rest, rest. You go forward, you come back to rest. You go forward, you rest. You go forward, you rest. You're doing everything you do out of that place of connectedness with God. Amen. Next thing I want to talk about pertaining to this verse, you're going to need to learn to commit everything you do to God. If you want God to build through you, you want God to build what He wants to build, you can't just want to do what He's doing. That's the first step. But then you got to also commit it to the Lord. Commit what you're doing to the Lord. This is extremely powerful. And I hope you understand this. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs 16.3. It says this, Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Commit your works to the Lord. Now, I don't think this is a casual experience. I don't think it's just a, okay, Lord, I dedicate myself to you. You know, <laughs> I had somebody call me not too long ago. Uh, they wanted me to do a, the, the, they're not a part of a church, um, but they wanted me to um, dedicate their child and do this and do that and do this other. And I said, look, I said, I think you want some other kind of <laughs> ministry than mine because that's not my understanding. I said, first of all, if I do a dedication, uh, the home has to be dedicated to the Lord. It doesn't make any sense to say, God, I'm dedicating my children to you when you're not dedicated to the Lord. So what you do in the service is you declare your debt. That's just the way I normally do it. God, I'm dedicating myself to you. And because of that, I dedicate my child to you. Do you understand what I mean? It doesn't mean, it doesn't make any, it's just superstition to dedicate your child and you're not even living for the Lord. But anyway, the person's like, oh no, that bothered them so badly. You know, I'm not going to do that. I said, well, sorry, I, I'm not the person you want, you want there, I guess. Anyway, commit your ways to the Lord. What does it mean to dedicate yourself to the Lord? It's not some kind of ritual where you just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I dedicate everything. No. It means you are putting it all in God's hands. I mean, through prayer. So you're already lined up with God's will. You're wanting to do God's will. You're in communion with Him. But then you've got to, through prayer, put everything you're doing in God's hands and you've got to make sure that is done. So that is going to require you taking whatever you're doing, bringing it before God and say, God, help with this. Help with this, God. Get involved with this right here. And when you do that, God gets involved in that area. And he'll do a great thing. I'm not saying God won't ever get involved otherwise. I'm just saying this is generally what God does. And I would emphasize this. God has clearly communicated to me for this hour, for what we're getting ready to go through, we are going to absolutely have to learn how to commit every single thing to God to get God involved in every single dimension, to get God's power working beyond what we do. Amen? We committed to God. We're pulling to God. We're, we're asking for a blessing. We're, we're connecting and securing the blessing of God on what we're doing. We're committing it to God and into His hands. Amen? 
And then we, we rest and we walk it out and we just watch God do it as we're doing what we're doing. Amen? It's a powerful thing. Now, I want to just say for you here, I know this will be true for many of you. Whatever you, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and it's a difficult thing, and you want, you want to know, God, how am I going to make it through this? How am I going to do this? You need to learn how to commit it to God and put it in His hands. You need to learn how to connect with God in prayer. You know, people are, are, would say like, um, oh, God understands any kind of prayer. Well, that's true. But also, God also says there's certain ways to pray that are more effective than others. Did you know that? The fervent prayer avails much. What does that mean? When you get with God and you just pray from your heart, you got to really want it. You, got, you get into it. God, I need this. Help God. Just give yourself into it. When you do that, you connect with God. I, I realized that years ago. When I connect with God with all of my heart and I'm so into it, I, the answers come so much quickly. Amen? Learn how to commit your life to the Lord, what you need to the Lord, your future to the Lord. Okay, so let's back up here. You connect with God. Put Him first. You're abiding with Him. He begins to give you His heart. Then you begin to step forward and you end up in a situation where you're in a land of giants and all these problems and things you can't figure out. Life's not going like you want it to. Work's not like going like you want it to. Whatever's not going like you want it to. And you have to go, you have to learn how to commit those things to God and how to start taking steps forward. Amen? You commit those things to God, God will get involved in your life to the degree that you commit your way to Him. Amen? Lastly, I'll just stop on this. We're going to have to work together and all do our part in this season. You can't just be an isolated believer, off doing your own thing, serving God your way, being independent. You can keep doing that, but I'm just saying you're going to miss out on something really big. You know why? Because you're a part of a body. Think about that. What if you're a finger? Do you understand what I mean? You go off by yourself and you're so proud of yourself. But look at that finger. I'm amazing. I am amazing. But you're not connected to a hand if you're not connected to the body. And there's nothing that can, there's no eyes to show you, you know, where to stick that finger. Or there's no hand to use it to stick it anywhere, right? What if you're an eye? You know, an eyeball is, is one of the most beautiful things, isn't it? You ever think about how beautiful an eyeball is? You ever think of what that eyeball looked like if you take it out and stick it on the table? It's not beautiful anymore, is it? I'll tell you, oh, that's gross. I could just imagine... A guy with his girlfriend, your eyes are so beautiful. And she goes, really? Look, you can have them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, no, ah, I don't like them like that. Right? But that's what it is when we're independent. It might be, it, what, who you are is beautiful in the body. But when you're separated on your own, it's not so, it doesn't look good to God. 
because you've separated yourself. He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He just wanting to do his own thing. Just wanting to be stubborn, rebellious, obstinate, fleshy. Amen? God's like, connect with the body because who you are is going to work even better when you connect with who you're supposed to connect with. And there's a family for you to connect with. Amen? Praise God. God's building new things in this earth. He's calling people all from different places in this hour. Anyway, so God's doing something pretty wonderful here. But we all have to be involved. We have to do something also. You have to do your part. The Bible says God has given to each one in the body a gift that's different from somebody else's. You might have the same gift, but it works differently. You ever hear one teacher, you go, oh, he's really great. Great. And another teacher, oh, he's really great, but they're very different. Did you see? So your part is needed. And it says God has put in the body various parts, various parts. But he's given to each one the manifestation of the spirit. What he's saying is God has a unique expression for the rest of the body that's been given to you. And when you do your part and you're functioning, man, it helps bring wholeness to the body. Okay. Okay. My, my body's still, I'm getting older, but I'm still intact a little bit, right? But if you were to cut my finger off, that'd be my focus. Y'all know what I mean? Ow! I wouldn't be going, oh, this hand's working so great. I'd be going, ow! <laughs> you know what I mean? And when parts of the body are missing, sometimes that ends up being what takes the attention, is the, the needed areas. Anyway, so I want to encourage you to be a part and to step forward in what God's doing. And I want to encourage you to be a part here. You might go, well, how do I do that? It's coming. It's coming, amen? Because I'll tell you, God has been preparing us for this season of life. I had this word, I was going to share this later and about two more verses that I'll never go get to today. But I kept getting this word. You know, you know, in the body of Christ, there are people who have different gifts. Some have a prophetic gifting. It doesn't mean they're writing scripture. The Bible said the Holy Spirit will come on you and you'll prophesy. That's all over the Word, right? It's all in the New Testament. Paul even said, desire to prophesy. D doesn't he? Okay, so, so people will prophesy. They'll, they'll be inspired and say something. I've had so many prophetic ministers tell me, God's going to do something different in this church. God's going to do something new. The old ways won't work. Everything's going to be different. Everything's going to change. I can't tell you how many times I heard that word. Many, many, many times. And I'd always think, man, how do I do that? God says, the old's not going to work. Go into the new. Don't try to go back to the old. Everything's going to change. And I kept going, but God don't even see how to do that. Now I just look and honestly, is it not obvious, everybody? The old is over. You can't go back to it. Everything's coming new. There's a new thing. You got to enter into that because that's where God's going to be. And that's where multiplication's going to be. And that's where the blessing's going to be. Amen. So I just want to encourage you in that. Be a part, connect. Things are coming. Be in prayer for what God's doing. I'm excited about it. 
that I tell you what, it's just a walk of faith and I just know every day God needs to give us one step at a time right now. The key in this hour is staying connected every day. God's going to bring us all where we need to be corporately as a family that God's bringing together as well as individually. But anyway, let me just pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for this hour and I thank you, oh God, for your grace with us and your power with us. Lord, and I thank you for this season of building. You're teaching us you're going to build in this hour. You're going to do something special. We need to back up and let God do what God wants to do. And what I mean by back up, Lord, is we don't need to be striving. We need to be connected with you. We need to rest first. We need to trust first. And then we need to go forward. Lord, we thank you that you're setting things right. And you're still aligning things. You're still preparing things because you're getting ready to pour out. And we've got to be where we need to be for you to pour out on us. We've got to be aligned the way you want us to be aligned for you to pour out on us. So God, we thank you that's happening. You're bringing things in order. You're bringing things into alignment. You've been pruning. And God, it's the hour when things are going to begin to bring forth fruit more than we have ever seen before. God, we might have produced fruit, God, but that's nothing compared to what's going to happen now that this season of pruning has happened. Amen. Oh, God, thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Man, that's so powerful. Y'all ever produced fruit in the past? Amen? God's like, if you ever produce fruit in the past and then you're not, just know you're going to go to a season where you're going to produce much more than you've produced before. Because where you've been is a pr- in a pruning season. Amen? Praise God for that.